Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, we will have part four, the weightlifting career of an average Joe. You can also check out my weightlifting podcasts on no-nonsense, old-school weightlifting history. Continuing with part four. One month later, I competed again at Lost Battalion Hall. It probably wasn't a great idea to compete two months in a row. As I took a step back, I weighed 175 pounds, snatched 82 and a half kilos, and clean and jerked 112 and a half kilos. I was back at Lost Battalion Hall again two months later for my second David Berger Memorial. Although I was once again had trouble keeping my body weight up, weighing in at 171 pounds, I had my best contest to date. I snatched 87 and a half kilos, that's 193 pounds, clean and jerked, 115 kilos, that's 253 pounds, for a 202 and a half kilo total. One thing I always liked about competing in Olympic weightlifting was the camaraderie among the lifters. I developed many friendships during my eight years of competing. There was a great restaurant that was across the street from Lost Battalion Hall, and many of us would go there for a meal after the competition had ended. Three months later, I was back again for the New York City Open. I snatched 87 and a half kilos again, but increased my clean and jerk to 117 and a half kilos. I was happy with my clean and jerk because I was closing in on one of my goals, which was to clean and jerk 100 pounds over my body weight, which was 170 pounds at this competition. But every time it seemed like I was on my way to bigger and better things, life would get in the way. I can't remember specifically what was happening in my life at that time, but I do remember that for the next 12 months, my training once again became sporadic. I competed four times during that period and never weighed more than 166 pounds. My best snatch was 82.5 kilos, and my best clean and jerk was 112.5 kilos. I had been competing for a little over three years now, and I still hadn't reached any of my goals yet. I knew if I was going to continue competing, 
I needed to rededicate myself and take this sport more seriously. In June of 1985, I competed at the Essex Health and Racquet Club in West Orange, New Jersey. While my father had been to some of my competitions, this was the first and last one my mother attended. Ever since I had injured my knee 10 years earlier, she had a hard time watching me participate in any sporting event for fear that I would re-injure my knee. I was and still am extremely bow-legged, so I suppose that made her nervous too. She wanted to be there to show her support, but she just couldn't watch and would cover her face whenever it was my turn to lift. I gained most of my weight back, weighing in at 175 pounds and snatched 90 kilos, 198 pounds, my best up to that point. But I had a bad day in the clean and jerk. I had hoped to lift 125 kilos, 275 pounds, but I made only my opening attempt with 115 kilos, 253 pounds. I remember feeling very frustrated and disappointed about that. One month later at the Garden State Games, I weighed in at 181 pounds, the heaviest I had ever weighed in up to that point. But I should have learned my lesson about competing two months in a row. It didn't go well the last time I tried it, and it didn't go well this time either. I made only my opening attempts, 82 and a half kilo snatch and 115 kilo clean and jerk. In October, I was back at Lost Battalion Hall, competing in the Big Apple Open. I weighed 178 pounds and lifted terribly. I snatched 82 and a half kilos and made only 110 kilos in the clean and jerk. I had been competing for almost four years now still hadn't reached any of my goals. My first goal was to snatch over 200 pounds, and my second goal was to clean and jerk 100 pounds over body weight. I wasn't even close, and I was starting to think, maybe I was just wasting my time. But in spite of not being a natural, I did like being an Olympic lifter, and I didn't want to quit. I didn't know what I could do to reach my goals except train harder and more often. I competed in January 1986 at 177 pounds body weight and snatched 90 kilos, 198 pounds. I attempted 95, 209 pounds, but was unsuccessful. I did well in the clean and jerk with a lift of 125 kilos, 275 pounds, which was 98 pounds over body weight. My goals were finally in sight. One month later at the David Berger Memorial, I weighed 177 pounds and finally reached one of my goals with a 92 and a half kilo, 204 pound snatch. I did 122 and a half kilos, 270 pounds in the clean and jerk. I attempted 127 and a half kilos, but missed it. I vowed I would make it next time. Three months later, 
at the New York City Open, I finally reached my goal of lifting 100 pounds over body weight. I didn't have a good day in the snatch, making only my opener of 85 kilos. But I clean and jerked 127 and a half kilos, which is 281 pounds, and I only weighed 80 kilos, 176 pounds. So I lifted 105 pounds over body weight. I was very happy about that and celebrated at that restaurant across the street with my training partners. At the Garden State Games in July, I snatched 90 kilos and clean and jerked 130 kilos, 286 pounds. I was getting close to a 300 pound clean and jerk and I was determined to achieve it. In October, I competed at the Big Apple Open at Last Battalion Hall. I had competed there so many times that I felt very much at home. I weighed in at 188 pounds and had my best competition to date. I snatched 95 kilos, 209 pounds, and clean and jerked 137 and a half kilos, 303 pounds. It was the most weight I had ever snatched and the first time I ever lifted 300 or more pounds in the clean and jerk. There was no celebration at the restaurant this time because none of my teammates lifted in this meet. But I remember feeling very satisfied and happy about my performance. I also remember driving home and seeing Shea Stadium all lit up in the distance as Game 1 of the 1986 World Series between the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox was about to begin. There was electricity in the air. It had taken me almost five years of competing to clean and jerk 303 pounds. It was a big accomplishment for me, and I was happy about it. But at the same time, I had to face the reality that I was never going to be a national caliber lifter. The top four or five USA lifters in my weight class were snatching what I clean and jerked. I wasn't even close to qualifying for the national. So I set my sights on trying to qualify for the American Championships, which was a step below the Nationals. Even that would be difficult, as my weight class, 82.5 kilos, 181.8 pounds, had more lifters than any other weight class. So now I had to decide if I should move up to the next weight class, 90 kilos, 198.4 pounds. At five foot eight and a half, I was considered a bit tall for the 82 and a half kilo class. Most of the lifters in the 82 and a half weight class were about five seven or five six. I had four months until my next competition, so I increased my caloric intake and tried to get my weight up to 90 kilos. But I couldn't get past 85 or 86 kilos no matter how hard I tried. So I decided I would stay in the 82 and a half kilo class and try my best to qualify for the American Championships. In February of 1987, 
I competed three times in an effort to qualify. My best of those three meets was at the military base in Bayonne, where for the first time ever, I had to cut weight. I weighed in at the class limit of 181.8 pounds. I snatched 100 kilos, 220 pounds, and clean and jerked, 137.5 kilos, 303 pounds. But I needed to add about another 15 kilos onto my total to qualify for the American Championships. At this point, I was training extremely hard, probably overtraining. The overtraining caused a severe case of tendonitis in my knees and bursitis in my shoulder. This required cortisone shots and physical therapy. It was suggested that I take some time off from training to heal, but I know from past experience that this was not a possibility because every time I slacked off on training hard, I lost weight and strength. I competed five more times in 1987, but never snatched more than 100 kilos and never clean and jerked more than 137 and a half kilos. The tendonitis in my knees was getting worse, and I knew I had gone about as far as my body would take me. But nevertheless, I continued on. Okay, that will conclude part four. And next week, we will have part five of the weightlifting career of an average Joe. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.